Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! We're back. Hour number two, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening. iHeart, tune in. Other terrestrial radio stations around the country, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll be here for the next two hours on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, George Kurtz, you find him on Twitter, at George Kurtz. And I'm at Mike Blewett. And I remembered the thing that I was going to talk about in the previous hour, George. I'm going to Dallas two weeks from yesterday. Be there for the weekend, long weekend, visiting some family. If there's one place you want to go in the summer, George. It's Dallas, Texas. 105 in the daytime, no water in sight. So that's really where you want to be. But I'm visiting family, and uh, I the Rangers are in town. And I've never been to the ballpark uh, at Arlington. I don't know if they call it that anymore. I don't care. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, and it's closing. <laughs> In a couple of months, so I think I might get a shot to get that ballpark under the belt before under the belt before they close it. That seems like a good idea, right? I don't know why they're uh, they're closing that ballpark. I like that ballpark. Doesn't it been around that long where they need to change parks? But I guess they're going to a uh, uh, retractable dome. dome. I think is yeah. So uh, that I, does I get that sense. it it is hot in Texas. So uh, yeah, I play get some it. Day but, games. Uh, yeah, well, they never. They used to play very few day games, or starting as late as possible, because as you said, it's 110 in the shade there. So yeah. I guess the fans will be a little happy, be a little bit more comfortable. I think they feel that, based on what I've heard uh, from some people down there, uh, and reading a couple of things, they feel that it's overall hurt their attendance. That fans just aren't going to, you know, fans can't go to night games all the time. So they'll throw a few more day games in on the weekends and hopefully boost the attendance. Um, but in any event, I was I was watching I was reading uh, uh, ratings reports on teams, and the Rangers are a disaster. Nobody's watching that team anymore. There's a few teams that have really plummeted, and some teams have done really well with like local television. Yankees are sort of flat, and uh, they're down a little bit actually from last year, but mostly flat. Uh, national broadcasts are mostly flat, but like uh, people are watching the White Sox again obvious reasons you know young team people are into it again but the rangers people have totally bailed on them uh, so anyway let's talk football it's hall of fame weekend i know you love hall of fame talk but <laughs> we don't have to talk about the individual players but the story that is popping out to me this morning that i read was that champ bailey's going to the hall of fame tonight uh one of the teams he's played for has done a lot to honor him the broncos the other team has not he played his first five seasons in Washington, then played 10 seasons in Denver. But he said today that only the Broncos congratulated him when he was voted in. Nobody from Washington had called him until three days ago. Nobody. Why wouldn't you just call the guy? Like, it's just another, just throw another log on the fire. Like, what are we doing here? Are we just trying to alienate everyone? Have everyone hate us? We have the one logo that everybody has an issue with, but we're going to dig in. We have this guy going into the Hall of Fame. We drafted. He played well. We traded him. And then let's just not call him. Like, what is going on? Yeah, it seems minor. But to me, it's just another symptom of what the problem is. Is this surprising to you? It's not to me. I mean, uh, no. It's, I no, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It isn't. But you got to be kidding me. It's an organization that has all sorts of issues here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, I, 
<laughs> it's, it is what it is with Doug Washington. Why you wouldn't call a guy who played for you when he makes the Hall of Fame? Uh, I'm sure they'll say it's an oversight. We didn't think about it, blah, blah, blah. How do you not? <laughs> what else is going on that you can't right. think of a guy? Hey, oh, exactly. I play? Might, might want to drop him a line. So uh, strange, but uh, like I said, I can't say I'm surprised. You know how it gets solved? The owner calls champ himself. That's how it works. Maybe they don't have a great relationship, but that's the one time in the guy's life. Uh, th- the day after he gets in the Hall of Fame, you know what, champ? I'm sorry we had our differences, and I don't even know if they have any differences. I mean, he traded him, but whatever. Like, you know, life happens, and things went well for him in Denver, by the way. So just that's how you solve it. You don't run it down the flagpole. Be like, hey, let me have my community outreach guy or my head marketing guy call champ. Don't let anybody else do it. Just do it yourself. So that's the problem. Coming back to that. So um, Ed Reed talking about wanting to be a coach, but he hated the staff in Buffalo so much a couple of years ago that he like is taking a break from it. That's kind of funny story to me. These are from Pro Football Talk, just reading some headlines. But um, that's just always funny to me. Because he's just talking about and but what was interesting to me about it within the context of the article is that I think he is, you know, how like in the NBA, we're seeing a real shift in like player empowerment and those players are making moves to get traded and all this kind of stuff. You can you can argue whether it's good or bad for the league, but somebody like Ed Reed, who's a modern player, is just talking about the way guys were coaching players and you and I both have thoughts on football coaches and kind of a miserable bunch, always yelling, always upset, always yelling at people. And he was saying that you have coaches walking around calling players lazy or dumb blanks and not coaching them. They're just getting mad because the guys are screwing up. And it's like, well, just coach them a little bit better. They don't want to get just yelled at, especially guys now. This generation that's half our age, George, is going to react a lot differently. And they might check out on a guy that's yelling at him all the time. I think the player's coach thing, like I, the one thing I really respect about Tom Brady, and I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I, what I really respect about Tom Brady is that one thing I heard recently, I mean, first of all, it's overall competitiveness, but something I heard last year is that Brady has made an active effort to try to learn how to better communicate with millennials because he's playing with them now. And I do think that's something that organizations should take heed of and not just say, ah, we're football coaches and this is the way it's worked for 80 years. Well, it doesn't work the same way for the last 80 years. You throw the ball a lot more, you do all this other stuff different, so why not coach a little bit differently? Your I would agree with you. Yeah, I, mean, I think, once again, you have to be able to relate to your players. I've never been one... When you think about football coaches, I never one that uh, that believes well, you get a new football coach, automatically everybody has to play in his, to his system. No, I think your system has to adapt to your players. You know, what your player skill set is. You can't assume their skill set is going to uh, make your system, but maybe they're still very good players. And you have to change your system around a little bit to fit what, the, uh, what you know your players do well. That sort of thing. Not that it has to be completely changed. Your system is your system. I get it. But to make to assume that everyone's going to learn my system play that way. It's the same way with today's players. You know, you need to you need to change a little bit. Today's players are not like the players from 20, 30 years ago. They're just not a good – you want to argue it's good or bad, and that's a different argument. But there, there's no argument that the people aren't the same. You know, there's not as much respect there. You heard about yesterday that what players are yelling at uh, Harbour, and Harbour is uh, pretty much end the, uh, end the practice. There's not as much fear going on there because they've already made their money. You know, back in the day, people were broke. They had to really do whatever you said because they wanted to make the big money. They weren't making it yet. Now they're a lot of these places are making it almost from day one. So there's not as much, uh, not as much fear, not as much respect going on there. And everybody talks back to everybody. You know, there's this, it's it's a respect thing also. You know, even explain the Harbaugh thing. Like Harbaugh. By the way, I, I I missed this story. Explain what happened. Yeah, Gabe was to, Gabe was saying it last night. Uh, I forget the players involved. It was defensive players that uh, it sort of goes what you were saying. Harbaugh was screaming and yelling. Yeah, they were terrible. They were, I believe they kept getting, uh, they kept getting called offsides, uh, drawn offsides, and eventually Harbaugh flipped out, and he was yelling at a player, sent them away, and then he said to, uh, yeah, I guess they'll defense. Anybody else have a problem uh, with me? Step on up and say something right now, and somebody did. <laughs> One of the defensive backs was like, oh God, interesting. Now, I didn't like that. I didn't read this. I'm just really uh, uh, telling you what uh, Gabe uh, told us. So uh, 
interesting that the actual players would do that. There's just no fear. Back in the day, you'd be afraid of getting cut if you talk back to a coach like that. Nowadays, you're not. You probably should be because it could still happen, but you're not. You're just not as, uh, as afraid as much to talk back to a coach, yell at a coach. And you John didn't see had Keyshawn Johnson in the, the middle of the season because they were having issues. Is it that's a different different things back then? You wouldn't do that now. Not someone like Keyshawn, uh, oh. but it's just, it's it's different nowadays. It's just different. It's almost like you have to expect it. And yes, I think there is something. I'm not saying you got to get rid of all your values. But you do have to change with today's players. You have to. The players aren't going to change. You're not going to change. 90, there's 90 players at camp. You're not going to change 90 players. So you yourself have to change. You may not want to. You may not think it's the right thing, but it's probably the beneficial thing in the long term. Yeah. Guess uh, And at the end of the little story here, a little interview, uh, Reed says where, what team he would love to be coach, uh, coaching with. Guess who he said? What team he would love to be coaching with? Easy one, yeah. I have, I have no idea other than Baltimore. Uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. <laughs> He's like, I would just love to be on the Patriots staff. Like, yeah, of course, you get to win. And the guy, the guy running it is coaching the defense anyway, so you, you don't have as much responsibility uh, on your hands uh, because the the guy at the front is the best coach of all time. <laughs> so anyway, um, you mentioned Michael Tom- uh, Keyshawn uh, Johnson briefly. Uh, his nephew, Michael Thomas, highest paid receiver of all time, $61 million in guarantees. Uh, I always wait a few days uh, on the con- on this contract salary stories to try to break it down. I should probably uh, take a look to see if all the details have come out yet. But $61 million in guarantees uh, sounds pretty good to me. And it's funny because the Falcons immediately step and say, like, we're going to make Julio the highest paid. And you know why they're doing that? Because Amari Cooper wants to be the highest paid. And then the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. You might as well just jump in line as soon as you can because it's just going to cost you more if you wait when you have the lockdown players like that. And I, I started looking at this after Michael Thomas signed and the Julio stories came up. And... I think there was a narrative there for a bit, and I remember it concerning me at some point, too, where, you know, Julio's had these toe issues, and he's known not to practice that much, sort of pain management, load management, call it what you want, but the reality is in the last five seasons, 80 regular season games, Julio's only missed three. Only missed three games. So he's healthy. I think people are thinking he's almost like an A.J. Green type where he could break down. Not Julio, man. He puts it up every year, and he plays every game. Well, the difference would be sometimes he's out of those games. He play, starts the game, doesn't play all that much. He comes out. That's the, uh, the issue there. Uh, that being said, he, he's going to get fantasy paid. owners, obviously. That's actually the worst thing for fantasy owners. We'd rather you yeah, be out and we can replace you. Uh, rather than get, you know you play a, a series or two and then you're done. That's uh, probably the most frustrating for fantasy owners. And those things get remembered more than anything else because you remember the bad yeah. things. That happened. You don't have to yep. do good things. Uh, so not, once again, not a surprise. That's what, that's what we are as a fantasy group. Uh, we're, we're a negative bunch. We're an impatient negative yeah. bunch. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Quick to argue. Slow, wait, what is it? Uh, um, quick to criticize, slow to praise. Well, that's true. That's really what we are. You know, we uh, we rem- and I think I think it's it's human nature in a way. We remember the bad things, even though one bad thing may have happened, ten good things. You remember the bad, not the ten good. You know, yeah, that, that's what gets pointed out there. Julio Jones is going to get paid. Uh, whether it's going to be the most, who knows? There may be something that's hard to tell. The idea is just to make him happy. You know, he deserves to get paid, yeah. certainly. So we'll see how the Falcons figure this out. Uh, their GM, Demetrio, pretty much, I think he went on NFL Live or the NFL Network and said he's going to pay him. He did. <laughs> so, uh, you know, actually, he uh, made a little slip of the tongue there. He said he's going to be the highest paid player. He meant well, a receiver. He corrected himself. But, uh, Julio's going to get paid. It's just a matter of what. He and uh, he and Matty Ice have had a, have a nice run going. It's nice to have both of those positions locked up, not having to worry about it, you know. Um, so they, they've had a good run there. Both uh, guys making a lot of money and both guys very successful. So uh, we're going to talk about, after the break, we're going to talk flex leagues uh, and the draft that went on last night. The half-point PPR went off last night. I think there's a couple of other kinds today. It might be a standard today and a, and a, a different kind tonight. But Jake Seeley, our old friend, uh, running those. And Dane Martinez and... Frank Stamfel from Fantasy Sports Radio Network both competed in that last night, so we'll see how they went and how they did. Um, beyond that, 
watched the game on Thursday night. I was on air watching a little bit of it. What a mess. Drew Locke uh, tried to get himself killed. He was pretty close to being successful. Um, but tucking and running into three oncoming defenders, not it's not a optimal strategy, George. Uh, no. He'll learn. Listen, he'll learn. I'm sure he was amped up. You know, first game, you know, he, it was pretty ugly. Well, I don't know what his final stats were. 7 for 11, 34 yards, something like that. That's three yards a pass on average. Not good. <laughs> yeah, not good at all. He was pretty I much hate to laugh. At, I hate to laugh at him when he, got, he nearly got killed, but Gabe and I were on air at the exact same time. We were watching it. It was like, what was that? It just looked, it just didn't look like a football play at all. Like one of those rookie, like what? What possibly possessed you to do that? Just take a knee. It's we're in a we're in a meaningless, the most meaningless preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, where mo- none of the good guys play. Just take a knee. <laughs> take a knee. Yeah, it, it wasn't a bright. He'll he'll learn. Fangio came out and pretty much criticized him after the game. Uh, more for his, uh, not for the uh, not uh, not sliding, but for uh, his uh, accuracy. You know his play calling and stuff like that. So, well, it'll uh, it'll get, it can't get any worse. It'll get better for Drew Locke. It was only game one. You mentioned it can't. It really can't get worse. Uh, the, he'll play with some better players. We'll see what's going on. He's not going to start the season anyway. Although I, I think the Broncos are going to have a horrific season here. Are you 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 think? Do you think they slide backwards from last year? They went six and ten last year. You look at that schedule for the Broncos. Uh, I think they might be a better team. Flacco's an okay quarterback. I don't, I don't think Flacco's terrible, but he's certainly not uh, not going to drive you anywhere. He's not going to win games by himself. You know, I, I kind of, I do kind of like the running game. The defense is good, but it's it's all schedule, Mike. You know, they they, they open up against Oakland. I don't know for week one. One of them win that game. I it could be it's at Oakland. It's, I don't think it's an automatic win for Denver. No, I don't think it's an automatic win at all. You know, I think Oakland's, Oakland's got problems of their own. But after that, Chicago, Green Bay, Jacksonville. Okay, I understand Jacksonville's not great, but neither is Denver. Chargers, Titans, Chiefs, Colts, Cleveland, Minnesota. Where's your win here? Anyone want to tell you whether there's a win here? Anyone? Then you're at Buffalo, and I don't think that's a gimme either. I think Buffalo's a bad team, but they have a great defense. Then you're back against the Chargers, Texans, and Chiefs. And then you finish up against Detroit and Oakland. I like that. I like the Detroit-Oakland part. But other than that, uh, I would bet the under heavily here as far as wins are concerned. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. Shout out to Vic Fangio. Pebble in the pipe. Just coaching through it. Bad times for Fangio. Just getting started. Just getting started in August. It's all downhill from here. We'll be right back. We have painful year. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Rocking to a little sound garden on this Saturday morning. TNF, the TNFL season is now upon us. And he can become the eighth person to win $1 million. There's a fan to a DraftKings tournament setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. By the way, Drewby, uh, our boy Colin Drew, he won the show one of the showdowns the other night. Like two hundred grand, the first prize. Uh, I don't know if it, the first prize is two hundred grand. I think it was two hundred thousand dollar tournament. But Colin Drew won the showdowns again. He's become the the biggest expert in the world in playing showdowns. So if you want to get into the mix, he's apparently writing a two thousand word article where he's going to talk about his approach to showdowns. He's saying it'll probably be bad for me, but they kind of want to help the customer base. So I can tell you that those guys put it all out there. They put it all on paper for you and on audio to break down their decision-making process. They can't tell you about every single player, 
but their goal is to help their customers. They're winning in the process, yes, but they're not hiding behind their computer screens to tell you just about a few players that they like, but not all of them. They're telling you in their rankings and projections who they like, and Colin won yet again. So if you're playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, I'm telling you you're doing it wrong. So head on over and check out their tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering. Or get access to all of them with the Daily Roto Elite Package. So enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. You'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code ACTION. A-C-T-I-O-N, DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. I think he had had Kevin Hogan in a big percentage of his lineups, but uh, he didn't use him as the captain at all. So I think he had the Falcons D as the captain uh, that won him the big money. So shout-out to Colin. Uh, Nice job there. So uh, what I wanted to talk about for this segment was this draft from last night. And it looks like Dave Martinez pulled the one spot. So the flex uh, is the fantasy leagues of experts. There's, I think, three different flex leagues, to my knowledge. Last night was the half-point PPR, and I believe a standard draft will be today. And I think there's a super flex. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, George. I'm not sure if you know, but I think that is the setup. So there's three drafts this weekend in New York City, and a couple of our guys were part of it last night. Uh, some other names. Jake Seeley is the organizer of these leagues. You had Tim Heaney from Rotowire, Jen Ryan from Football Diehards. You had Elliot Christ from the Quant Edge, Rick Wolf, Fantasy Alarm, Adam Ronis from Full Time Fantasy, our buddy Matt Modica, who we worked with many times, uh, Joe Pisapia, Fantasy Black Book, and you got Scott Engel. Uh, from Rotoballer, Frank Stamfel, and then Mike Randall from the Action Network uh, and Rotoviz. And I think according to plan, right up front, Barkley, McCaffrey, so Dane goes first, Dane gets Barkley, McCaffrey goes second, Kamara, uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Adams, James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Thomas, Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster. So Frank Stamfel posted his first few picks he was out of the 11 hole. He went Mixon, then got Tyreek Hill, then is that Aaron Jones, and then Julian Edelman. That's his first four. Uh, on Dane's side, he goes Barkley, Hilton, on Johnson, Cooper Cup. I like Dane's start a lot better than I like Frank's, I'll tell you that, but it's easy when you, you're rolling with Barkley. I just like who, what he did at, with Hilton, Johnson, and Cup as well. Yeah, I say, we have the number one overall pick. I assume we're going to like your start. Uh, yeah. Barkley is the number one uh, overall guy for me. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, uh, once again, hard not to like him, went immediately after Antonio Brown. Uh, Mike Evans went before him. Uh, so did oh, – this thing he's refreshing on me. It's annoying. So did Beckham Hill, uh, Julio Jones, Jay, you know, the guys we expect to go. So I like Hilton. Carry on Johnson's interesting because we, we're hearing different reports. Early on, we were pretty much told that there would be a uh, uh, sort of a, a, a touch limit for carry on Johnson. And then we heard, well, no, that's not true. Well, you guys said it. So, you, you know, you tell me what's true uh, as far as the choice uh, is concerned. They released the Oritic. He's on the Broncos now. Right. I got to think, listen, it's Detroit. You don't have a lot of offensive weapons. Carry on Johnson's one of them. I understand he had knee surgery last year. You want to be careful, but he's got, he's got to touch the football. And most opportunities, he has to touch the football. So I like on Johnson. I might worry a little bit about Cooper Cup, by the way. I am not as high on him as others, only because you can't tell me. Less than a year comes back after that surgery, he's going to be back to the, the player he used to be. I think he's still going to be damn good, but he, I don't think he's going to be the same player. Not yet. I don't, I don't think that. I think it's going to take some time here. Uh, that being said, I do like Cooper Cup. Uh, but I, I said, I'm having a hard time thinking he's going to be a top wide receiver, too. Now, you chose that's a wide receiver 17, mid, mid-range mid wide receiver 17. I'm okay with that. But I probably would have gone a more safer route here. I'm looking for receivers that went after him. Uh, wow, Cooks went after him. He took a cup over Cooks. Godwin is someone I really like this year as well. But I don't see any. Uh, Robert Woods I would have taken over Cup. Robert Woods is a more safe pick, safe, safe pick conservative pick there. I would have gone Woods over. I'm surprised Cup went number one of the Ram receivers. Where, yeah, Woods went late. Fifth round. That's crazy value. We're seeing the Rams wide receivers, though. Cup went 17. Um, Cooks, 18. Woods, 22. We have seen that. 
those guys all bunched together, I think your best value is with whoever goes third. <laughs> I know it's a weird way to say it. That's going to happen to be Woods more often by than By the not. way, I, I'm going to assume this is the Superflex League, by the way. Is it? Uh, oh, um, it has to be. Piece of Maybe pizza, Mahomes and Luck in the second and third round. So this has to be a Superflex League. Yeah, it has to be. If they're all Superflex, then Jake changed the rules. They, they originally were not all Superflex. But maybe, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that all leagues should be Superflex super now. So maybe Jake does too. I don't know for sure. Are there th- – um, there's transactions during the year, right? This isn't like – this isn't best ball. I know they play this out. They do play uh, this out. Guys, it's not best ball. Guys went with three quarterbacks. Um Almost across the board, uh, Dane Martinez has three. Jake Seeley has three. Elliot Christ has three. Tim Heaney has three. So P.C.P. only has the two, but he took the first and third quarterbacks. He went Mahomes and Luck. Uh, we'll talk about Luck here in a moment. So I'm with you on on Johnson. Warren Sharp, and I tweeted about this yesterday. Warren Sharp wrote a really good article about the Lions' approach and the change from back-to-back nine and seven seasons in 2016 to 2017 to Matt Patricia coming in 2018 and going far more run-heavy. It didn't work. It didn't help Matt Stafford. It didn't help play action. It didn't help the offense. Everything got worse. Um, and it is my opinion that they are, and I don't think, I think it's an obvious opinion now, they're going to lean into it even more. And I think it's really good for on Johnson from a volume standpoint, and I think Matt Stafford's going to hate it, and I think it's not going to work out. And I think it could be actually a two-year experiment with Matt Patricia. I'm fading the Lions this year. Um, I don't think many people are in on the Lions because it is a tough division. But I just think I don't know why he's going so old school when you have Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. You could be an impactful passing team as well. And I just think they're going to put it all behind – Carry on Johnson. I don't think the defense is good enough, especially up front. They did sign Trey Flowers. That's going to have to work out. But that's sort of my thought process. I just think they're going to lean in. I think the carry on Johnson ADP right now, George, is rising, rising, rising. And I think he's a second-round pick here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I don't know about a second-round pick. That's moving up he's quite first, a bit. He's the first round, first pick of the third round here in an expert's draft. Uh, doesn't mean it's right. Just means it's what he is here. I don't know. I guess he's second round here. Uh, I'm surprised he went this high in this draft, especially a super flex league. Uh, I always find when I look at super flex, the uh, first thing I'm looking at is where, where do the quarterbacks go? Do they go early? Do they go late? This one they went right around probably what they should be. Uh, Holmes went at what 13 for 16, and then Watson goes 20. Watson second. Not crazy. That's what's going mostly. Eyebrow raising. No, not at all. Most people have Watson number two. Yeah, I guess. I don't think that's eyebrow raising at all. Who would you take above him? Andrew Luck going at three is, you know, not practicing <sighs> with the calf injury. Mayfield four is yeah. nuts for me. Uh, I'm not on board with that. Cam Newton going ahead of uh, Aaron. My God, Kyler Murray went eighth yeah, overall. Eighth, the eighth quarterback. Wow. Someone's he went seventh. Cool he went eight. between Newton and Rodgers. Well, you look at uh, – was it Elliot Christ of the Quant Edge? He believes in running quarterbacks. It's a super flex league. His two quarter, his starting quarterbacks are Murray and Josh Allen. Wow, wow. he's not going to do too well. Uh, he's going to have some. He's going to have some issues. You, know, you really can't. It's that's tough to get away with in this kind of league. One, maybe two. No, I mean he took Josh Allen over Philip Rivers, Brady, Cousins, Garoppolo. Uh, that is uh, head scratching to me. There's no way I'm doing that. Uh, I, listen, Murray, you want to believe Murray? I can sort of get it. There's no way I take him in the fourth round. That's not happening. He took Once again, he took Murray over Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> not doing that. Uh, Carson Wentz. I, I would have taken uh, Lamar Jackson over Murray. But uh, that being said, I, I sort of get it there. Where he's going. When you look at a running quarterback, and I think I've said this about Lamar Jackson a lot, and Murray is a better thrower than Jackson. But still, with the, the idea of a rushing uh, a running quarterback like uh, Lamar Jackson, you do the math in a fantasy league. He rushes for 60 yards. That's six points. He throws for 175. That's seven points. So now you're up to 13. He throws one touchdown pass. Now you're at 17, and he's done nothing. 
175 is, is nothing as far as passing yardage. He's only thrown one touchdown with the 16 pa- touchdown passes a year. He'll probably average more than that. And we're not even giving him a rushing touchdown. So you want to give him another three points? That's, he's already got 20 points, and he's done nothing. That's why rushing quarterbacks are so interesting in fantasy. I like them all as number twos. I'd have a tough time, though, relying as one, uh, on one as my number one. And it's really Lamar and Josh Allen that we're talking about, right? Those are really the two that we're, we're putting in that category. Cam? Third I'd one put Mar- I'm not, putting, I'm not going to put Cam there. I don't know if he's going to run as much. Uh, I'd put Murray in there. I think Murray's going to run. You know, we had, we had a thing uh, yesterday on, on the Fantasy Frenzy. We were doing over-unders. And I think the uh, – I can't remember, so I may be wrong on the exact number here. But the over-under for uh, that, uh, that Chris Venture threw out there for Kyler Murray – was I'm just doing? I remember what the uh, the math was. Uh, oh, 500 yards. Will Kyler Murray over under? Will he have over under 500 yards rushing this season? Buying or selling? Um, I think it's a good number to pick. I'm just looking college. Where did he run for last year? He ran for a thousand yards. That's pretty crazy. Previous year, I mean, he didn't really play that much, so it's really the one year he ran 140 times for a thousand yards. I think that offensive line is going to be so bad that he's going to be forced to run. I just that's where I'm at with the Cardinals. That was part of my argument. I think think people that are in on DJ just because ah, I can't be as bad as last year. Yeah, I can. The off the 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 offensive the offensive coordinator slash head coach are a massive improvement. And the quarterback is a massive improvement. I'm fine if you want to take David Johnson where you're taking him. I can just throw a little bit of cold water on it because the offensive line didn't get fixed. It just didn't. Um, and I think Kyler is just going to have to be on the move. So I'll go over on 500. I think it's a pretty good number because they want him to stay in the pocket because he's small and he'll get killed. But I just think he's going to be forced to run and he can make enough plays to pick up 500 yards. Yeah, I went over as well. You know, I, listen, it came down to me, and I, I agree with you about the offensive line. I think he's going to have to scramble, get yards that way. But when you do the math, it's 31 yards a game. That's all you're asking. 31 yards a game from Kyler Murray. I don't think that's asking much at all. I mean, I, I, think, I think he will get that. Uh, so I, I was over as well here. Uh, I don't so think last, year Oklahoma, over. last year at Oklahoma, he ran for 7.2 yards a carry. That's clearly not going to happen. But you want to make it five yards a carry? For that's actually high for an NFL quarterback, but let's just say it's five. As if he'd have to run the ball seven times a game between a few designed runs, call it two or three, and him scrambling four times a game. That's seven times a game, five yards per carry. That gets you to five hundred. That's not a lot. No, I don't think I don't think it's that much at all. So I, I think so that's yes, why I do. That's I, why I'm I do. That being said, I, there's no way I'm drafting him as a quarterback one a Superflex, especially not in round four, uh, and especially over the guys that uh, Elliot Chris did this over. Like I said, he did it over Aaron Rodgers. That, that's nuts. Yeah, I do Carson Wentz you know, was there as well. I think that means, you're, have that a, means you're a truther. That means you think Kyler's taking over the league like Baker did last year, and I, I just think that Baker had more to work with and um, a better offensive line and everything else. So – uh, how about Lux ankle injury? We're going to try and get somebody on tomorrow to talk. Uh, Colts beat writer if we can. All right, what did I say? You said ankle. Oh, sorry. Thinking about the David Dahl thing. So uh, concern, scale of concern, one one to ten. Or you're just saying, I'm not drafting him anyway, so what do I care? Uh, no, I would draft him. Uh, most of the leagues I play in are to, uh, some variation of two quarterback leagues. I said I think they're Got mostly it. super flex now. So, so, so I will there. draft him. But uh, I am concerned, and he's not practicing. We've seen him be a slow healer uh, before, and this injury has been going on for months. This is yep. not something that's been going on for a couple of days, but months. So I am certainly Slow him down in OTAs. Right. I mean, so, okay, I'll take Mahomes. I'll take Watson. Above him, that's, that's what I'm going with this. Um, I would take Ryan above him now. I would take Aaron Rodgers above him now. So I, I would drop him to five. I can't take Mayfield above him. Not not yet. Even though I like Baker Mayfield, but, man, everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid. This guy's going to have a monster season. I don't know if I can yeah. do that. Uh, yeah. But I, I'll drop him to five. 
Uh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of other players on here. So uh, we'll keep breaking this down after because there's too many players to talk about. I think it's a good way to sort of tell you what experts are thinking. Dane Martinez took Austin Eckler as the first pick of the seventh round. Where did Melvin Gordon go? Gordon. Ah, okay. Ninth pick of the fourth round from Melvin Gordon. So we've seen a huge hit, obviously. And then Eckler goes first pick of the seventh round. Um, Thoughts on just those two guys, where they're going, whether you like either of those picks. Well, it's hard to tell. I mean, what's going to happen? Is uh, Gordon going to sign? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to be traded? We talked about this on Football Friends yesterday too. I, I don't listen. I'd like to see him get moved, but it'll be it's it's going to be a very tough situation for fantasy owners. I'm not looking forward to it. Not drafting Melvin Gordon right now. I can't do it. Let somebody else take it. I'll talk about that more after the break. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. on Weekend Fantasy Update, Mike and George. Thanks for joining us. Talking about the Flex Leagues draft. So I'm not going to do the whole grade the teams thing because that can get kind of tired. I'm just kind of going player by player to see how they shaped up here. Uh, it looks like we've determined this was a super flex half point PPR. Um, how about comparing well, It actually two... says flex, super flex up top, by the way. Where? Oh, I'm an idiot. I should just scroll up. So we knew this the whole time. We should have known this the whole time. Anyway, as always, I'm an idiot. But trust my advice. I trust you to know what I'm talking about. Um, Vikings wide receivers going the same round. Thielen Diggs, um, Keenan Allen, the 12th wide receiver, Amari Cooper, the 13th. Keenan Allen's the 12th wide receiver. You got to like that. She had a nice start, Jen Ryan, Zeke Elliott, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen. If nothing else, it's a lot of touches and targets, you know. Um, she is the one that went Melvin Gordon, but given the a safe amount of touches she got in the three, just putting Keenan Allen's injury history aside for a moment, maybe that's why she felt like she could take the risk because she had so many touches in those first three picks. It's still it's a major risk. I, I don't see this I getting agree. worked out with Los Angeles. I, I just do don't either. see it happening. Right? They have I think he's uh, going to play his minimum amount of games. I'm a, that's what I'm afraid could happen. Uh, because Eckler and Jackson, listen, they're not Gordon, but the Chargers can get away with those two. With the defense, with the passing game, they can get away with those two. And so they're, they're, I don't think they're going to uh, capitulate to Melvin Gordon all that much. They're, I mean, so they're low-boiling a little bit, $10 million a year. He deserves more than that. He's not going to get uh, Todd Gurley money. If he thinks that's happening, he's nuts. He's not that kind of back anyway. But he probably deserves in the 12 to 13 range. So, uh, But right now, I don't think the Chargers are going to capitulate to it. So it's dangerous. Just give him the Le'Veon Bell almost... deal. Just give him the Le'Veon Bell deal. It's two years. Yeah, you would think they'd uh, come to some kind of agreement like that. But the problem is they, they have other players they have to pay as well. And you and I both know not every organization believes in paying the running back. You know, especially when you have other but players to George, play. this thing's going to be over before we know it. Phil Rivers is going to be 40. They're not all going to be Brady. Right. Their, their window is small. Their it's window over. is small. Soon. Philip Rivers, by the way, is vastly underpaid too. He's only getting twenty million. I know. I mean, they they have some issues That's what there. I said. Just work it out, man. Just work it out. Two years. But I think but, they're worried about paying what they got to pay Pouncey. They got to pay Bosa. They got to pay Henry. They got to pay Rivers. It. So there's a lot of it's, so it's what the Cowboys are going through. Henry's is rookie Same deal thing. is going to be up before you know it. Like I get it. It's I, I get that it's not easy. I'm just saying that Le'Veon Bell deal where you can get out or after two years, those are the types of deals I would do. Sort of makes the player happy. You can get out, out of it after two years. And it is what it is. I'm not a big fan of paying the running back 
either. But if, you know, like realistically, and you and I, I think I've talked about this on air, like the approach is just going to be soon. Let's just draft a guy in the first end of the first round that we like. Then we can have him for the four years. It's a little bit more than we'd want to pay up front. Uh, 50-year option. Then, uh, or the second round, whatever you want to do. By the way, just draft him in the second round. Pay him the four years. You don't get the 50-year option, but you can tag him if you want. If the guy's good, you're giving him 250 touches a year and move on. I wouldn't. I, I think that's a brutal outlook on the running back position, but teams are just going to start doing that and just rotate these running backs over and over and over again. I mean, they're doing it anyway, but I'm just saying, like, to commit money to at the position, I think it's just sort of ridiculous. It's more about the offensive coordinator and play calling anyway than it is the talent of the individual back. It doesn't denigrate that these guys are super talented. I'm just saying. The problem is Gordon has no leverage. He has zero leverage. So, uh, that's why uh, unless he has a come to Jesus moment and doesn't want to lose game checks, you know, and I, I don't think that's what's going to happen here. But I he can't hold out the whole about. year because then next year is the fifth year option with the Chargers. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Man. He'll have to show up to what week, uh, week 11. He'd have yeah, to come in. I think that. it's six I think, games. Yeah, I think it's six games. But how awkward would that be? We expect the Chargers to be good even w- without him. So how awkward is that going to be? What Say they're like, I don't know, eight and three. Or he has to show up before week eleven. So they're like eight and two or seven and three, cruising along, first place. Hey, Melvin's back. Great. (laughs) What does Anthony Lynn do at this point? That's like a dynamic I wouldn't have to deal with as I'm trying to win a NFC West title against the best, one of the best offenses in the league, and the Chiefs. I just, it would be a really interesting dynamic. If Lev Bell came back last year, he was walking into a nightmare as it was. It wouldn't be that necessarily with L.A. Well, that's why it makes you wonder, will they trade him? You know, will they trade him, A, before a season starts, or B, by the deadline? You know, I don't find money on other teams. Who's doing that now? The money's spent. Well, I mean, the two two teams, ah, you can find it. Uh, It is out there. The, The Houston, Texas come to mind. Yeah, this is a team where I, I thought they should have been heavier players for Le'Veon Bell. So I think that was almost the final piece of their puzzle there was a strong running back. line stinks. Uh, that is an issue. And, of course, the other team is sort of the exact opposite. They have no running backs. Uh, very good offense would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to hurt my Ronald Jones dynasty stock, <laughs> which I'm not – obviously, I don't have a lot of faith in. But it really would – it would put an end to my – I would say it should put an end to my Ronald Jones dynasty stock. So, um, <laughs> But when you think about it, wait, where else could, could he go? That's what I'm saying. There's just not a lot of options. Why the hell would the Texans do that? They have to be saying, well, we drafted two offensive linemen, and uh, we might still stink. We have Lamar Miller here and Deontay Foreman, who we've heard for years that they like, although it hasn't showed up. Um as far as Tampa is concerned, Barber got a million carries last year. The team stunk. You and I both think the team is going to stink again because they don't get to play at home for half the season in a row. <laughs> um, so why would they do that? Buffalo. They got bigger problems. They got much bigger problems in Tampa to try to sort out as opposed to paying this guy to bring him in. I, I just think that I'm just looking at teams that could use a running back. Bu- Buffalo could use one, but yeah, they, they drafted – they drafted, so I don't think they'll go that way. They'll give the draft pick a chance first. Uh, Gabe was talking about a swap there, like trade Singletary in the other direction. Yeah, yeah I, I heard that as well with Gabe. He mentioned it last night as well, but I don't think that'll happen. I mean, it sort of makes – it sort of lines up that it could make sense, but, I, you know, I don't think they'd do it, but it, it does they line up in a way that more than running back. I agree with you, but – And that's really it. I mean, that's really it. As far as there's only those three teams that, that could uh, you make oh, we could use a running back, and so I think Buffalo is really far down that list. I think it is Tampa and Houston, you know Tampa because they need a running back. Houston final piece of the puzzle there. Uh, I say it's unlikely to happen, mind you, but as far as the talking point, those would make sense. I think in the end he's going to hold out, and it'll come down to a coming back before the accrued season, you know, week eleven, so he gets that for next year, or b until he's just tired of losing game checks. 
Yeah, he gets paid 5.6 this year, so they'll. I don't know if they'd ease the fines again. You find up to um, one and a half. Forty thousand a day. Uh, yeah. It's tough times. Let's see, five, six. I'm trying to do. I got a calculator in front of me. Divided by sixteen, it's uh, three hundred fifty grand. Uh, a game check. So, a lot of cash right there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to miss a three hundred fifty thousand dollar check. I get paid big time by Sports Grid, but I wouldn't want to miss a three hundred fifty thousand dollar game check, George. No, I'm probably not missing it either. You know, it's, I just think, you know, when you look at these guys, you know, Gordon is just terrible timing. Michael Thomas had good timing, you know, because once again, Great he timing. is the, the offense for the Saints, right? He, he is their offense. Without him, they're done. It's just him and Kamara, not much else there. Yeah, we so knew he, he would time. get paid. You and I both knew he would get paid. Like that, he was in the perfect Everybody spot. Everybody knew. It, it was, uh, yeah. He was always pretty good that he was going to go first. Gordon has yeah. no leverage. Ezekiel Elliott has leverage, but I don't know if he could have picked a, a worse time. Now you've been suspended. You just had a meeting with Goodell. Now you have a civil lawsuit going against you with some kind of weird cover-up thing that's going on. You got the uh, the guy suing you for uh, uh, the, the security guard you knocked right. down that he's suing you. I mean, and then you want to hold the public's not on your side here, you know. And the fact that the Cowboys can't have you for four more years doesn't help your case either. You know, the Cowboys once again have him this year, fifth year, uh, next year, and can franchise him for two years and still get him for below market value. Uh, so yes, he's certainly underpaid. But you know, it's just bad time as far as doing it because the public perception is all against you with everything that you've done. I thought this would have been smarter to have a big year and do this next year rather than this year. I also wondered in the new CBA, you know, if they're going to do something about this for running backs. You know, so the running backs, the shelf life of a running back is so much shorter than other positions. You bring up an make it point more- and something, something, a, play, a direction I was going to go. I've thought for a while, I bring it up every once in a while when this topic comes up. <sighs> I wouldn't care if you eliminated the salary cap um, at all. I mean, the NFL teams are fairly, they're extremely capitalistic in how much money they make, but they're relatively socialistic when it comes to sharing the revenues, um, TV revenues and everything else, regardless of market size. Merchandise is really split uh, evenly as well. So I've thought for some time that there should be, if we're going to have a hard cap, I think it needs to get to a point where there's a positional cap because it's creating an odd mentality for teams in relation to positional scarcity and, well, we've got to make our quarterback the highest-paid quarterback, even though it's Dak Prescott and he's really not that good. And, like, well, let's just keep pushing it up and up and up and up, and let's fill the back end of the roster with guys that are at minimum salary so that uh, we can blow a whole bunch of money on the quarterback and, and make it more difficult to win. We've seen data that proves that as these – players are as these quarterbacks get higher and higher paid it becomes more difficult for teams to win so that in its in and of itself is a broken loop it keeps happening the pats um i don't want to get into the whole pats conspiracy theory about brady being cut into patriot place but i've said for years you can't tell me that tom brady is not going to get his money back in one way or another so Anyway, I'll pause there to say I, I just think there could be a positional cap at the quarterback position or maybe each position to have it make more sense. I think that ch- the chase of the highest paid quarterback is hurting teams. Oh, it certainly is. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, yeah, I think you brought up the perfect one in Dak. You know, the fact that he's a free agent, so now he's going to want over $30 million a year because that's where the price is now is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there are tough. so many quarterbacks that are better than him. It's just it's it's idiotic. You know, maybe the Dak ends up taking. Seahawks paid Russell Wilson. It started to unravel. It hasn't completely unraveled because they're a good franchise, but it's it hurt them. Yeah, because of course we lose other players. And this is what yeah. Jerry Jones is wrestling with with the Cowboys. You know, he pays Dak. How's he going to pay? Uh, how's he going to pay Baron Jones? How's he going to pay Jalen Smith? How's he going to pay Amari Cooper? Hard to pay everybody. You know, that's the issue. It's hard to pay everybody. And this is why running backs sort of get screwed because they're the easiest position to replace. Uh, not that Zeke is not great. And you can't replace He's great. Zeke, but you can replace 80% of Zeke. And if you yeah. have 80% of Zeke, that might be good enough if you get to keep the other guys. Yeah, you That's can't let the problem. walk because Calvin Ridley might be great, but he's not, I can't say that he's ever going to be Julio. And then Plus receivers know, are, are harder to find. Of course. That's what I'm saying. You, can't, you just can't replace it like that. And QBs, see, that's the interesting thing, George. You and I just said like two weeks ago, 
QB is easier to play than ever. It doesn't mean there's not tons of talented quarterbacks in the league, but you're just so worried about the guy, the next guy that you pick being able to being one of the guys that can't read the playbook or can't be a good decision maker. They know they have a guy that can do it in Dak. He's not great, but he can do it. So do you trade him out for the rookie hypothetical, a rookie next year to come in and learn it and just pick up, pick up the offense where it left off. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's obviously too big of a risk. You could crater your whole franchise by doing that. This is why you have to end up paying these guys, even if they're not worth it in quotes. Right. And that's why Dak has leverage. Because once again, he is an NFL quarterback. The system's designed around him, so there you go. And then one piece of uh, leverage that uh, Ezekiel Elliott has for the Cowboys is that, once again, the whole offense is built around him and what he can do. Dak's a better quarterback because Zeke is there. You know, Zeke would go away. You don't know what you're going to get out of Zach. My, my whole argument against, uh, against Dak getting paid is that, well, when has he won you a football game? You know, by, you know we haven't seen him able to pull a game out of his, out of his hat by himself. You know, he's always done because he has either a great defense or because Ezekiel Elliott's there. Can he do it by himself? I have my doubts. Where else you need Eagles to pull the, you know, about that pull the fat out of the fire? Year. I don't is know if he can a, do it. Is that at one instance? The Eagles' Amari Cooper crazy game last year? We'd give that one to Dak? He had the 400. Oh, yeah, he definitely had, a, definitely had a great game. The Eagles decided not to cover anybody. That's really the one game. But... I just don't think the PA would ever approve it. They're not going to do positional salary caps. Why? No, why they sign no, off. No way in hell. So that's that's why it makes sense to me. I know the PA really wouldn't want to do it, but what if it did help the other positions or raise the minimum floor significantly? Do you know what I mean? Maybe the minimum play, like the minimum player gets five hundred grand now. What if the minimum player got a million bucks? Well, know. here's the problem for the PA. Uh, Andrew Brandt has pointed this out perfectly. The PA has nothing to give the NFL except the 18-game schedule. That's the only thing they have to give the NFL. That's a fair point. Like they're they, not going to give back They, they have coverage. no leverage either. They, right. They're not going to give up back anything they've already gained. Right? Assuming that, they have nothing else to give back. So if they want to make more money, they're not or if they want to do what you're, what you're saying. They lost 8% at the last CBA. Right. Um, but if they want to make more money, if they, if they want to, you know, right now they're making 47%. If they want to bring that up to 50, 50 or 49, what are you giving? That's a major, major thing there. You're going to have to give that 18-game schedule. They're going to have to. They're not, they're not going to have a choice. There's nothing else for them to give. So that's why the CBA is going to be so interesting in my mind because they got, they got, what they, they got everything they wanted. They gave the owners everything they wanted, too. They screwed up. But if you want to get rid of Goodell and all his uh, authority, and you want to get rid of uh, some of the stuff, you want to make the minimum floor higher, which I think they should, you're going to have to go with that 18-game schedule. Brutal. I don't want it. I don't think the players really want it. We'll come back, talk more about the NFC West after this. We'll start it off with Rashad Penny, Chris Carson. Which one do you want? We'll talk about it next.